Right on. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, man. All right, I'll read I'll read this for you. If you don't like it, you don't want to run with it, we won't put it in, but I'm just going to read it for you. Ladies and Cut. gentlemen. I hate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is one of the most recognized voices in all of Northern California. Many of us from the area have been fortunate enough to listen to him on our way to work, on our way to schools, and during other endeavors alike. He's the former voice of Country Music's Froggy 92.9, a co-producer of Country Summer, NorCal's biggest country music festival headlining some of the genre's biggest stars, an ultra-marathon runner, and currently the founder of 707 Media, a podcast network in which reveals the stories behind the unique brands, businesses, and people in Sonoma County. He's here today to talk to us about how he has navigated through all those experiences firsthand, as well as give us a taste of what is ahead in the future. Let's give him a big round of applause to welcome him, ladies and gentlemen, Radio Dano. Let's go. Polo, thanks for that, man. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm going to add one more to that list. I'm the director of marketing and content for Sequence Mortgage as well. That's right. That's so right. That, that's the actual job. <laughs> the 707 Media is the, the the fun side stuff we get to do. Gotcha. Right on. But they supplement each other pretty well. That's huh? right. Yeah, they're kind of they kind of dovetail. Awesome. Why don't we start with people? Why don't you just kind of give us two an in depth like just background story, kind of how you came to be the person you are today. <sighs> Lo- Long, loaded question. How, low, how long is the episode? <laughs> as long as we want to go. All right. Um, all right. So born and raised in Petaluma and um, very energetic, very outgoing kid, silly kid, um, probably should have been an actor, but was always uh, had very bad stage fright and just and like that's just not something that you say like a or do that's going to be your job right you have to go be a scientist or you have to go be a lawyer you have to go be a, a thing right so um let's see um you know very good student in schools like over 4.0 gpa at casa grande and petaluma um played basketball played baseball uh helped found the casa grande uh newspaper first newspaper at casa grande high school and uh, coming out of college, went to um, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, which is a very good school, and was going to major in chemistry. Um, and spent a year at Cal Poly and just um, didn't have passion for it. You know, just just found myself just not wanting to go to class because I didn't want to succeed in class because I didn't want to be a chemist, right? So, um, but you, you, you also have dreams of like someday, like supporting your family and like having a job and like having a salary. And this is like, that's for whatever reason, that's what seemed um, like it would be a, a, a good choice for me. So made the very tough call to not return to Cal Poly. Um, and then it was like, well, what are you going to do now? So ended up back home, ended up at the JC. Um, and I used to listen to, does anyone remember Loveline? Anyone know that that radio show, that TV show, Loveline? Loveline, uh-uh. It happened. I'm officially old. <laughs> <laughs> that was the show, man. So, okay, you guys know uh, Adam Carolla? You've heard of Adam Carolla, The Man Show, the biggest podcast in the world, Adam Carolla Show? Anyone? Adam Carolla is a comedian in Los Angeles. I feel like I've heard of The Man Show, but it's not... D- d- he, it Did was you his, pull it up, TJ? It was, it was his show. He and Jimmy Kimmel had a show together on Comedy Central. Gotcha. Girls on Trampolines. I do remember this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, 
before he had that, he had this late night radio show. It was on Live 105, 105.3 and across the country with Dr. Drew Pinsky. You ever seen Drew Pinsky on TV? It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop saying names. I'm going to stop saying names. Basically, in the 90s and the 2000s, they would talk about sex late at night. And this was revolutionary in a time before the internet when you just weren't talking about this stuff, maybe in your human interaction class. And they, they would you know talk to mostly younger kids and adults, like teens, about questions they had about sex. Anyways, it was a phenomenal radio show. It was hilarious. It was life changing. And one night I just found myself like cracking up and like just cackling. And I was like, that they're getting paid to do that job. I want to do that job. And my mom, to her credit, was like, cool, but you need a college degree to do that job, which is not true because <laughs> you don't. But um, she was right. College degree was a good idea. So, um, Ended up at San Francisco State. This is really a, like a really long resume. I don't know if you want me to keep going keep here. Going, I'm trying man. to truncate it. Uh, Arrow looks bored. I don't know. You <laughs> all right, bro? You gonna be okay? Just gotta, that's just how you want to you want to take a break and just a mid <laughs> mid story question I'm, for me? I'm something fast, you want to know? All right. I'm hanging on every word. Um, went to San Francisco State. Got a degree in radio and uh, got an internship at a station um, back near my hometown, Petaluma. One hundred one point seven, the Fox, um, which is off of Farmers Lane, and they have a cluster. And radio is called a cluster, um, a number of stations in one building. So it was the Fox, it was Mix one hundred four point nine, it was KSRO and um, ninety seven point seven, the River and Froggy. So I actually got the job interning for the Fox and for Mix one hundred four point nine. And uh, started in morning traffic on Mix 104.9, started lifting the tent and doing promotions on the weekends and just worked my way up and worked my way up and worked my way up and worked my way up. And before I knew it, I was running Froggy 92.9. Damn. What was, how long ago was that when you first entered? How many years ago was that uh, into the radio space? The internship started in 2006. What was the attention arbitrage on? radio at the time like in comparison to now with like social media as competition um back then was it were people much more focused on it and listening tuning in than now well, first off i want you to say arbitrage again uh, no <laughs> <laughs> i like that what is that attention arbitrage yeah Just what is like, that i know that i've heard the word but what, how do you mean in this application where a lot of attention is at the time right like now like how much did it how much did, how did, it, did it matter like was it like was it super important or question? just was it was it a big was it actually a big difference now or basically are people still tuning in i know you're out of the radio space sure. now to home loans and whatnot but uh were people tuning in in 2006 as much as they are in 2018 or 2019 2020 whenever you made the departure uh the statistics would tell you no the statistics are also um in my opinion questionably sourced Mm -hmm. like radio ratings are like probably as guesswork as um political Mm -hmm. um (laughs) polls any analytics Uh, or data pretty much i mean literally the process in some markets for radio ratings is sending people a little booklet in the mail and then they fill it out with the hours that they listen to the radio and then they send it back wow yeah that's not People aren't going to spend their time doing that. So, and even if they did, I mean, it's not entirely accurate because yeah. you're, you're jumping around, and you know, right, right, right. So, right. in the bigger markets, they have little devices that detect that called people meters. But, um, so those numbers would tell you that the audience from 2006 to now is down. Uh, in a market like this, I, I I think that it's 
probably still about the same, which is that the people who love radio listen to radio. I know we'll always listen to radio. We'll, we'll always, always listen to radio. That's that's what I kind of assumed, too. But the industry at large, uh, yes, was bigger then. But even then, people were talking about the decline of radio. Yeah. And then even in the 90s, people were talking about how it was not as good as the early 90s. We're talking about as good it wasn't as good as the 80s, wasn't it? So radio, I think, will always um, be looking over its shoulder when it was, quote, good and um, always be kind of negative about the present. And, and that analogy really could be translated to many things, right? Like people always pretty much saying the sky is falling, like there's no more time to do that. Mm-hmm. But there is always time for the people who work hard, right? Um. So you worked a lot of interviews, a lot of conversations with had were had with people like all all of us pretty much listened to Froggy ninety two point nine literally on our way to school with our parents. See, look up. at that. He's trying um, to say radio's dead. No, no, I'm not trying to say He's that. Trying I'm trying to say it. <laughs> we gotta yet. we gotta ask the hard real questions, but, man, that but people for, don't hear. But that's a weird thing that would happen when I was in the business. It would be like you would actually have people who were anti radio, and you so you come into a encounter them at a party, you know, and it'd be like. And what do you do? You'd be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a local radio DJ, which is a weird thing to tell anybody anyways, because you get all kind of reactions. But you, every once in a while, you get somebody who'd go, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> I don't listen. Oh, oh, I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> Something ticked them off in the past, right? And so then that now they're going to let you know. But then as you have further conversations... They'll then start telling you stuff about the radio. The they'll radio. be like, didn't Robin Joss leave a couple of years ago? I'd be like... Thought you just, you didn't listen. Bro. You said you haters, hated this, bro. Haters are always the most tuned in. That's right, right? So, how did how did you feel the first time you went on air? Were you prepared for the moment, or anxious, or how did you feel? I uh, I was totally floating out of my body. I was not there. <laughs> um, somehow I got through it. Um, and it was part of. So I mentioned stage fright earlier. It was a big part of my story. Um, I have always felt drawn to performing in some way because at my core, I'm a people pleaser. I like people to like me. I want everybody to like me and I want to make them have a good time. I have a good time when everybody else is having a good time. Right. Could I ask you real quick? Yeah. What do you think that came from? Well, we're on a sofa, and uh, apparently this is a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Jeremy. (laughs) Jeremy. Uh, you know, I don't know where that came from. I mean, you know, I'm sure it all comes from your childhood, right? But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's, uh, I'm a gift giver and I like helping people and I like making other people happy. Um, and sometimes that means that I will tell people what will actually make them happy rather than what they want to hear, which means some people think I'm rude. Um, but I'm just letting you know, like, that's, not the right car for you. That's going to, that's a bad, that's the, you having all these other problems in your life because you bought the wrong car. So I'm just let I let you know. <laughs> so I'd be doing them a disservice to be not honest with them and let them make a, what in your opinion is a bad decision. So that's really a better friend or helpful person. Right. I think to answer your question, um, my, my, so my last name is Weir and my family, it's a Scottish name. And my, on my family's crest is a phrase that I can't say off the top of my head, but it, um, translates to there's nothing truer than the truth. Right. And that's like kind of how I, I like operate. <laughs> and so, um, so anyways, so, uh, yeah, so I like to, uh, what was your original question, question, Paul? You had asked me. Yeah. Sorry. 
What was it like the first day? You asked me. Um, So stage fright's a big part of it. And I worked through that with preparation. I took some acting classes at the junior college. And um, so the way that I got through it is I wrote out literally everything that I was going to say. And in radio, you can just literally read, right? Because they can't, we don't have three Canon. What are those? Mark fours. They're actually all all unique and different. Oh. Uh, we got an A seven. Oh, we got a Sony over there. Yeah. All right. Um. So I and I just so I just read it, but even doing that is just like, you know, yeah. it would be like that. Mm. So, um, but enough reps of doing that, you just kind of get through it. But I do remember after the first time I went on the air, I got in my car. I'm driving on Farmers Lane. I'm getting on to 12 West to drive back to 101 to drive back to my apartment here. In Roanoke Park, actually across the street from this very location where wow. we're at right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to live in those apartments. Um, I remember thinking like, wow, I wonder if all these people drunk driving by know that <laughs> I was just the guy that yeah. was just talking on there. Like, I, I literally thought that. And it's like, dude, you did a traffic report, bro. Like, <laughs> it was a traffic report. Let it go. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it, it was good. Oh, yeah. Remind me what you studied at San Francisco State. The the major is called Broadcasting Electronic mm. Communication Arts. Mm. They call it BECA. Okay. Um, I think the actual major is called Radio and Television. Um, I I mean, no disrespect to them. All the great classes are impacted. So I actually didn't do a ton of production there. And they don't they have a radio station class, but they really don't have a performance class. And um, so I ended up doing kind of all this media theory and on kind of all this like, heady stuff. Like journalistic was, stuff too, probably. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that. I did do a news class yeah. and just just whatever was available because I needed to get credits. So I did some of the like actual actual stuff, but mm. um, there were a lot of classes that I just literally couldn't get into. Um, so it ended up giving me kind of this um, framework of you know sort of a heady take on on how media is perceived and what it does for the audience. And that ended up meshing with kind of who I am anyways, because I'm like, oh, okay, what, what can I be doing differently on the radio to evoke, you know, a better response from the audience to make them happier, to make them, you know, enjoy it more? Because that's the thing on the radio is it's not about you. And if it's about you, your show sucks. Shows that are about you suck. So that kind of gave you a baseline, like a marketing, you were thinking about it, sort of a marketing lens from what you learned in a way. How do you mean? Well, if, if you were thinking about a lot of theory stuff and- um, From the consumer up to- Yes, thinking. yes. So I mean, I, yes. you know. Absolutely, yeah. You kind of think about it And then once I got into Froggy, um, I had many, many mentors. Um, Danny Wright, who's still the morning show on 97.7 The River. Uh, Rob and Joss and Rob specifically uh, on Froggy 92.9. Um help me understand something called you positioning, which is that when you're on the radio, you're always speaking to one person and it's the other person in the car. So you should never say, listen up all you people out there, like mm. addressing a large group mm-hmm. of people. Cause it's just, if you're in the car, you're like, Oh, it's me and the mob that I'm part of. That's, you know, it's not good. You want to be like, Hey, I want to tell you a story. I went to runner park and, uh, you know, the Chick-fil-A line was backed up and, 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 you know, now, now I'm talking to you and now we have a relationship together. And, uh, that's, 
you know, that takes some time to learn, but that I was able to kind of conceptualize that a little bit better because I'd had all this kind of theory stuff in, uh, at San Francisco state. Yeah. It's a much more natural way for people to listen as they actually would in like a normal conversation too. Right. As opposed to making it this, uh, facade like show for them, I think as well. Yeah. And, and learning how to draw someone in so that we're not having an inside conversation. Right. Cause like you and I might've had a joke about something. Right. And we're going to be like, Oh yeah. Remember that time that Brad like slipped on the banana peel. Ah, well, nobody else knows that joke, you right. know? So it's like, Oh, well, great. There's something I don't know about those things. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, it's, it's learning to over explain stuff. It's learning to give details, geographical details that will just help paint the picture for someone, you know, who you are and what you're talking about. Just overall makes for a better story. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. More descriptive details for them to connect to and relate with at the end of the day. Yep. A lot of, did a lot of interviews, conversations and whatnot over the years, I'm sure being on the air. Is there one specific experience or interview or conversation out of all those that sticks out that like you hold very dearly and close to you? Like in a good way or a bad way? Both. Either. Yeah. Let's Jeez. hear the good and bad actually, because that was another one of our mm. questions. So... So I've interviewed a lot of um, famous people. I wouldn't say I've interviewed the most um, because just where we are, our market size, we wouldn't get a ton of those opportunities, or at least the afternoon guy wouldn't. The morning show would, but the afternoon guy wouldn't, which is fine. I also hosted a sports show on KSRO for uh, about two years, so we got some interviews that way. So like I've interviewed all the broadcasters, like Randy Hahn, and we interviewed Matt Mayoko, and we interviewed... Um, great players like Brent Jones and Ronnie Lott and a trip to have Ronnie Lott on the other end of the phone. Right. Sure. We interviewed the commissioner in the NHL, um, you know, cool stuff like that. But in the, on the country music side, let's see one that sticks with me. What like that emotionally meant something to me or was just cool or are you just looking for a cool story or I, I want to make well, sure I give you a personal connection that you had that resonated with you, I think authentically. But if there's one, mm-hmm. I guess that is like a little bit more of like a, a bigger deal than, yeah, we definitely want to hear that too. Well, there, there was, there was, it was sort of embarrassing, but I didn't care. So, um, uh, my favorite band of all time is not a country band, uh, cause it was not into country music growing up. It took me, I found that later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, Growing up, I was way, way, way into alternative rock. Mm. And the first band that I was ever into was Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a band that was in the 90s. Should I explain that to you guys? Are you good? Do you know that one at all? Pull them up, TJ, yeah, do, but go ahead, up. go ahead and explain <laughs> them. No? <laughs> do, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. You killed that. She's a rich girl. Yeah. Same song. <laughs> 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 That's the same tune. Same chords. No, no. <laughs> Uh, that band. Yeah, there they are. That's that is right there. the uh, second lineup. You get any stylistic influence? From their clothes? Yeah. They're pulling up pictures on the screen right now. Uh, no, nothing, I've not followed their clothes. Um, they're from San Francisco, and in 1998, that was the biggest song in the world. Right. And so I'm listening to the radio and I'm watching MTV and VH1 and like they're a big deal. Right. And um, so and I had a friend of a friend was like, we should go. I'd never been to a concert and that was the first concert I ever went to. So I went and saw Third Eye Blind and Eve Six at the Greek Theater in 1999. 
I have the poster and it was just a transformative experience. And that just, that was my band, right? Okay. So flash forward 16 years, I'm working at the radio station. They're still a band. They still release music. They still sell out like crazy. They sold out Red Rocks last summer and they play, they sold out Oxbow over in Napa. Wow. So super successful. And, uh, I was interviewing the lead singer, Stephen Jenkins, and I kept it super professional. I was like, just like interviewing him. You know, I was all dialed in. I was very prepared. And then I started to ask just the questions that I just always really wanted to know about the band. I'm like, okay, so on the, on the Ursa major album. So you've got the song carnival Barker. It's the last one. Um, it's sort of just like, it's a great song instrumentally. And then there's no lyrics and it fades out. Are you going to finish that song? Or are you going to, and he just starts laughing. He's like, you're really into this, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, no, he knows I'm a dork. <laughs> No. So uh, that was both sort of embarrassing and sort of sweet. So that was a, f- a funny time. Um, man, I can't really think of a time that was bad, to be honest with you. Um, not not a time that I'm willing to commit to camera. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. But um, for, the, for the most part, the vast majority, um, people were super cool and uh, very professional. And uh, even if someone gave tight answers, it's just because, you know, that's their deal. Um, but nobody was ever like outright rude to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. To have that Especially in country music, country music's the best. Yeah. So working there all those years, country summer came up for the first year in 2014, right? Yes. Yes. Um, you were a part of it from day one. Yes. So country summer is actually, um, was the second festival we did because in 2011, 12, 11. 2011, we worked with a different promoter, and we actually had Luke Bryan and Dirk Bentley um, at the Sonoma County Fairgrounds. Luke Bryan, Dirk Bentley, and Joe Nichols and Thompson Square. The exact same place, Sonoma County Fairgrounds. And um, it was a very difficult day. They were, they were not as prepared as they could have been. And um, that came back um, with some very negative feedback from people. The show was great, but the event itself had some problems. So then 2013, uh, this guy named Alan Jacoby, who was a promoter out of uh, Georgia, decided to book Florida Georgia Line at the Sonoma County Fair as a concert, just a concert at the fair. That happened to be the summer the cruise exploded. Do you remember the song? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. You know that song? Maybe you a song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, that show sold out and he came to us the next day. He was like, this needs to be a festival. We need to do this two days. And before we knew it, you know, we were planning for 2014. So the first year was um, Darius Rucker and Hunter Hayes. And uh, yeah, very, very involved in the planning and execution of that from day one. So what does that look like? And I only ask because that's a very... There's there's how many people at that event on average? 10,000 a day. So you're maybe one of 10 to 20 people out of those 10,000 that gets that experience of connecting with the artists, yes. knowing how everything goes down behind the scenes. Yes. What is that like more in depth? Like, what is it like getting Tim McGraw as a headliner, getting Luke Bryan as a headliner? What does that actually look like from a business standpoint, I guess? Like, how do we make it happen? Or what is it like to be there the day of? 
how do you guys make it happen? And then what is it like to be there the day of? Yeah. So that company, um, Alan Jacoby's, uh, the guy he's since passed away from COVID and his son, um, uh, Drew Jacoby now runs the company. They're called impact entertainment. Um, they're the promoter, the producer, uh, and in the concert business, that's the person who basically makes the concert happen. They have their own connections for booking and they work with artists, uh, agencies and they book the artists. Uh, and then the radio station would, would consult on a day of execution and promotion. So am I, I am not the one who's like emailing, like it's gotta be Jim McGraw and here's the price, you know, <laughs> right, like right. that's, that was never something that I'm uh, involved in. So I, I hear some, I would hear some of those conversations. Um, but, um, you know, it, it, it's, you just sort of get an email and it's like, here's, here's the lineup this year. And yeah, it's Tim McGraw in 2019, you know, it's Florida Georgia line in 2018. It was, uh, Toby Keith and little big town and, um, Marin Morris and, you know, just, just the biggest names in country music, Chris Young, um, and Blake Shelton last star year. after star I mean, after star. And yeah. it just got bigger and bigger and bigger because people kept showing up and specifically people kept bringing other people. Right. So the number of people I run into on Saturday nights, I um, always go to the RV park, which is behind the fairgrounds and I'll just do a lap. Um, sometimes I'll bring a, an up, up and coming artist. So I brought Dallas Caroline, who is an artist here from Sonoma County. Uh, my friend Scotty Macban is an artist from Orange County, now lives out in Nashville. And uh, Scotty in particular you know, he's just got an acoustic guitar and he would just, we'd just walk up to a campsite and be like, Hey, I'm Dano from Froggy 92.9. Who wants some live country music? Right. Mm -hmm. And you imagine yeah. it's your campsite. Like, here's just a dude, like totally like amazing artist. who's just going to do six Serenating songs for you. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it was awesome. Like we, I have this video of him, um, standing on a picnic table singing, uh, friends in low places. And he just stopped singing because he's got suddenly 30 people around him singing the whole song. An unbeatable vibe. Giving yeah, him yeah. tips and stuff like that. Cor so Chorus lights are flowing and you're screaming friends in low places. Yeah, correct. In, you can't be in a bad mood. It's correct. just impossible. Correct. So um, uh, what was the original question? What was I talking about? Then? What was it like uh, getting the event together? Oh, in the yeah. Place? Um, so... You know, just being, I'm involved in that capacity, you know, and, and so it was, uh, it's really cool to, oh, I was talking about people bringing people when I'm at the, when I'm at the, the RV park, um, that's when I'll start talking to people and be like, yeah, you know, we came out from Idaho because, uh, you know, that's Daryl. He's from here in Santa Rosa and he said, we got to come out. So we took the RV out. This is great. We're going to bring so-and-so and so-and-so. And, -so and that's, you know, once you can kind of get on the map for, cause there's just, you know, caravans of these people who just bomb around to different country festivals. And if you can treat them in the right way and provide the service that they're looking for, um, you know, then they'll start showing up and they'll start to, the word gets out. So it's eight able, hours to come see it. Exactly. Right. They so, tell their tribe, this one is super great because they do X, Y, and Z, which is different right. from all these others. If you find ways to go above and beyond. Exactly. So what did, uh, what did the experience look like the actual during the event when yeah. you're, because you're on stage announcing to, to 10,000 people mm -hmm. when the event's about to start. A, that's got to be nerve wracking. But what does that whole experience look like as well? It's a, it's a coordinated dance. Um, so I have a spreadsheet that I spend a lot of time on and it's down to the minute of what needs to be happening on stage. And um, yeah, well, kind of once it's all dialed in, it's just executing it. So just staying on time, making sure you're in the right place at the right time. And it's, um, 
it's super fun. You know, it's just like, I mean, come on, man. You get to you get to go on stage in front of 10,000 people, right? The guy with stage fright, right? Like, and I found a way to, to get around that. And, and it's not amazing. I'm not doing a stand-up set up there, but I've never been booed off stage. And um, the, the real trip was, um, so that same company, Impact Entertainment, uh, did a similar festival, basically Country Summer East, out in Philadelphia called Country Spirit. And uh, after they'd done that for a couple of years, they invited me to come out and do that festival and be the MC out there. Well, now stranger in a strange land, man. Here, everybody knows me as Daniel from Froggy. Out there, like, why is there a guy with a California accent? Hey, why is there a guy with a California accent, <laughs> right? Very nice. uh, you know, hosting the show and, and still found a way to get it done out there too, right? Wow. Just get up there and give them the information, like yell go eagles and get out of there right <laughs> go birds so um um so it's very re- rewarding to kind of learn that skill and be able to do it with i don't know that it's that great but it's uh enough to get to get by and it's fun that's awesome do you um i know you're working in another industry right now we'll get into that in a little bit but do you see yourself diving more into events in the future bigger country events or like anything like that do you have aspirations for I think I'd absolutely take it if it came my way. Um, I don't know that there's, uh, I don't know that that's like my, my focus of my life. You know, my commitment right now is to the Jacoby family and impact entertainment. So uh, we have that relationship and that's something I can pull off and, you know, it, it gets into capacity and bandwidth for me and for my family. Right. right. I mean, which is self good self-awareness to think about that. When I, when I go to Philadelphia, like my wife is at home alone with the two kids, right? You know, so that's a lot on her, you know, she, she does her own business trips. And so then it's, you know, it's on me as well. So it ends up being an even trade-off. But if, if suddenly that was like my, you know, my gig is that like on weekends I'm in new Orleans and then I'm the only one in country thunder out in Arizona. And then, you know, if, if, if that were to be the case, um, yeah, I just, I don't know if I could, if I could pull that off. And and I have a I have a bad habit too of like I don't dabble very well. So like if I'm going to do something, it's going to be very thorough or I won't do it. You're not finishing with just your toenails on the line. Yeah, it just is like it's just like I don't know. I hate half ass and stuff. I just hate it. And you just cause everybody knows and you just it's so tough for me to see like the through line of like how this could be amazing and be like, ah, we're just going to do it a little bit. And it's like, get out of here. Yeah. You know? So that's, that's not, that's not how I do it. So what do you tell people? The only reason I ask is because, uh, Arrow's a nice yin to the yang on this podcast because me and Tyler are big, big country music fans, but he's not a gigantic country music fan at all. So what oh, do you tell people go. who don't like country <laughs> here music? Go. I'm here to learn. I'm here to sell you on it. Give them I pitch. mean, you know. Well, wait, why do you guys like it? It's just, it's beautiful. Some of it, you know, I don't love all of it, but there's a large portion of it I love, but uh, it's just a beautiful vibe to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I think. But you guys were raised on it. Not necessarily. Or a little bit. You guys were surrounded by it growing up. Yeah, and then Sebastopol, right? Yeah, and then our first jobs, we we worked on a ranch and stuff, so we were kind of involved in the lifestyle. A chicken level. ranch, chicken yeah. ranch, yes, mm-hmm. sir. Considered yeah. actually opening a chicken ranch. Ooh. I w- I listened to the Aliam X episode, dude. I know oh, what's up. Let's go. Oh, let's go. Uh, right on. Got a listener. I heard oh. you episode one, <laughs> and now I'm episode two. You're let's welcome go. to episode two. <laughs> 
Uh, so, so what? So you listen, you, it's just good vibes or what? Yeah. Uh, you're talking like country, um, yeah, you, you give, you country music. Why do you like it? Country music, good vibes. Talking, I was telling them earlier, hot day, water, you're at the lake, Mm -hmm. or light, Mm -hmm. some country music. There's not many better vibes than that. Yeah. And that's basically, I'll, I'll use that to, to springboard my answer. I found it when I was driving back from San Francisco state. So I was commuting from Petaluma to San Francisco state. And I would specifically my late classes, I would get done with my late classes and I would just be done. I would just be so done. And I would was flipping around on the radio. And at the time it was 95.7, the wolf. And, uh, it just, I didn't want to think about anything. I did. I just wanted to totally feel mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I would just put country music on and it would be like this. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Kind of like reggae, maybe similar. similar yeah. Wavelength. Yeah. I mean, well, it, like, you know, and, and that's not, that's not to say that there aren't emotional country music songs because like, um, oh, whiskey lullaby, Brad Paisley and Alison Krauss. I mean, that'll, just bring you to your knees. But I mean, it's, it's, it, there's just in general, especially most of the upbeat stuff, it's just very positive and it's very, um, it's something you can listen with, with the kids on, even though for, for whatever reason, they're talking about whiskey all the time, Yeah, but it's like, it, you're sort of like, ah, it's country music. Like who cares if the kids hear about that? Right. <laughs> uh, they're talking about the, the cops and the blue lights and running red lights, but whatever it's, you know, it's fun. It's country music. Um, it it just it's just sort of like right here you know yeah. it's just it's just like you, you know what you're gonna get and it's not um that's that's useful in some situations you know it doesn't mean that you're listening to it all the time for some people but um yeah i really i really grew to love it so that that's my pitch yeah I, oh and concerts once you go to a country concert yeah. it kind of changes everything we got we gotta go right to hard there. summer have yeah. you been to one yet no, I, no i've never been to a country hard concert. summer country, country summer, summer. Oh, yeah. Co- yeah we're gonna, we're gonna drag them to country summer next year I think I the going to the concert really helps it make it make sense because yeah. you start to see you start to see how everybody knows the words and you're like oh I don't know the words the tribe network <laughs> and it's undeniable at yeah, that point it's too for magnetic sure. for sure why don't you tell us about uh, the stuff you're working on now um, what oh, you now, got going on because you've now I, need a drink. I, I need a freshie too actually <laughs> yeah, <me> too. <laughs> thank you up, Tom. roll you thank you bro. Roll. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I'll get him. I'll get him. That was a bad roll. Oh. Uh, 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 uh. Hey! That was a bad That tripod roll. got a bad leg. <laughs> Make sure that. Knocks over. <laughs> <laughs> got a refill. You've been raised on C minuses, too, huh? Well, not raised, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a predictable result. But before you go into what you're doing now, I have one more question, actually. Okay. What do you think of. Uh, Radio versus podcasting now, like uh, just just the industries and kind of those two alike. What are your thoughts on how they compare? Oh, they're not comparable. No, yeah, I, I would have thought very much so, but mm-hmm, go, go deeper. No, they're not comparable at all. Um, radio is selling time. Podcasts are selling um, content and ideas. So there is is content there is ideas there are ideas um there are those things on radio but that's not what they're selling 
So they're, they're very much locked into time and they have to be, there's nothing wrong with it. They, they, they're just, that's the way that it's linear is the phrase that they use, but that's the way, like there's a song coming up in two songs and, you know, at, at 12 55 are giving away the tickets and you know, that type of thing. And they're selling 60 seconds of ad space, you know, podcast could be anywhere, anytime. I mean, someone can be hearing this in 2027, you know, and there's, there's, we have no time limit. We have no bumper music. Oh, oh, we're up against the clock. We're not up against the clock today. There is no clock, you know? So, um, the only thing that makes them similar is that there's microphones and it's audio and, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I think it's become apples and oranges. It makes a lot of sense, I think. And you try to see one kind of do the other. You'll see like, like radio shows don't really do that well in the podcast space and podcasts don't really do that well in the radio. And it's just sort of the nature of the beast. It's, it's kind of weird. That is and, weird. Uh, interesting. And it's only the way it's sort of just the way that it's come about, you know, you couldn't have scripted this the way that, you know, the various technologies have evolved um, but here we are. Interesting. That's a experience perspective on the two. I feel like for sure. Cause I would at surface level, I would have been like, yeah, there are a lot of like, it's just where the platform evolved Ooh. to. But I think that the time versus this content being evergreen, evergreen meaning I'm, can live forever on the internet. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense, but you don't have an instant audience, right? So radio will always have an instant audience, mm. no matter what that size is like in a disaster. No one's going to be like, oh, pull up the Apple Podcasts app. I want to see if anything got released. And you turn on the radio, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I experienced that firsthand through multiple wildfires with KSRO. Um, I did wildfire reporting for KSRO out in the hot zones, you know, seeing some truly crazy stuff and seeing some amazing heroics from the men and women uh, who are first responders. But, you know, that's that radio will always have the edge there. Yeah. Um, but like, obviously there are ways for digital to do live as well. You know, you can do Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Instagram, you know, all that type of stuff. So uh, there's probably a way to do podcast live too, but it's 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 interesting. It is interesting. So what do you got going on now? What's the new ventures? Tell us all about those. All right. So uh, in February, I left radio. Um, I'd been there for 15 years and it was a good time. That was a good number. Like when I kind of looked at the number, I was like, Oh man, it's been 15 years, you know, like it's maybe time for something different. Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, I I was kind of on the, on on the hunt anyways. And, um, my very good friend, it's a lifelong friend, Dan Anchetta has been in the mortgage business, uh, in Sonoma County, uh, for a number of years, super, super successful, had his own company. And he just texted me. He's like, literally out of the blue. I mean, he's never asked me this ever. We've never really talked about business in this way. Like we're, we're boys, right? Like, this is my guy from, like, I have six friends from high school that were super, super tight. And, uh, he's one of them. And he just texted me and he was like, what would you think about getting out of radio and becoming my director of marketing? (laughs) I was like, how much does it pay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so we met for coffee, Avid, Avid in uh, Petaluma, downtown Petaluma. Shout out to them. Or is it Avid? 
I think it's Avid. I haven't yeah. been. I'm not sure. But it used to be Acre. Acre. It used then to be Acre. It's not Acre anymore? No, they changed it to a- a- Avid. Avid? Acre sold the coffee business and became a pizza, pizza. place yes. in the pandemic. And the employees bought it, and now it's Avid. avid. It is it's Avid. It's got to be Avid. We're not going to lie, Acre. You got a lot of brand confusion. You got to be honest. Maybe you should hire Fours Media yeah. is available. We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't tell you. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> we had coffee. We got coffee at Avid and uh, then just walked around downtown Petaluma and he just kind of laid out what he was thinking, you know, he wanted to do with the position. And we walked four blocks and got back to our cars and I said, yeah. And walked into my boss's office of froggy and said peace <laughs> um which was a bit of a shock in the building mm-hmm. and actually nobody talked to me for like a week they really wow They're yeah i think i think not i think everyone was just sort of like super shocked emotionally wounded a yeah little just bit. like like 15 wow. years is a long time mm-hmm. this is a super you long time and i'm sure they all loved having your presence there too it was like the Obviously, the oh, I'm sure, the did, was, was I'm sure they did. I'm sure they love me. Yeah, yeah love me. Yeah, hey man, you're fun. Coming in with coming in with high standards, positive and energy. notes. I got notes on everything. Let's go. Let's. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think that um, I think it was well received. They sent me, gave you a very nice send off. So um, I'm just kind of kidding around a little bit. But um, so left and became his director of content and marketing. Um, which kind of drew some um, uh, some question marks from people. They're like, it's a mortgage company. How are you the director of content? Um, but that was what was the interesting part of my job is that um, Dan foresaw and is right, and you guys all know, every business in 2022 needs to be making content. That's how you tell your story, Right. And so that's why I'm wearing our hat right now, <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm making content for sequence, sequence Mortgage right now mm-hmm. uh, that we can use on our Instagram. We can use on whatever because I'm going to ask you for the file. Can I have the file? 100%. Thank we'll make you. you some beautiful reels and verticals, Ooh. highlights too. We, we got you plugged <laughs> in. even going to edit it. <laughs> All I had to do was pan two cores lights. This is awesome. <laughs> I think though you make a good point in a sense with like, a, I'll let you finish too, but just... Uh, Every company needing content, but especially the the non sexy, boring ones like real estate and home loans. And How dare you, title. sir? <laughs> they aren't mortgage. I mean, I, I, I'll tell yeah. the industry straight up. Most of them six like, figure deals. I don't know. It's pretty good. It's, real estate's pretty good. In that sense, I mean sexy. But from a, a marketing and branding standpoint, a lot the majority of the market hasn't figured out how to do so. In a sense, to where if you take off their Instagram handle and profile picture, we wouldn't know how to distinguish a single thing about them. Totally. But, Totally. I'm really, just I'm just a, giving you a hard time. No, for sure, for sure. Really, that's an opportunity though for an ambitious, creative person like yourself who understands that to go out in uncharted territories and stand out and and cultivate more unique selling propositions that mm-hmm. these other companies are more so shying away from. Yeah, I think ultimately you come to the conclusion that, you know, Remember how earlier I was talking about jobs, right? And it was like, oh, you need to go be a lawyer. You need to go be a chemist. You need to go be a doctor, right? Entrepreneurs know this, but I think anyone who works a couple of jobs learns this, is that, I mean, you kind of start to learn that every job's the same, really. It's all just problem solving. They're different problems, different skill sets, things you don't know, but it's just problem solving. So a lot of people have been like, oh, whoa, that's a big change. Oh, 
radio to the mortgage industry, that's a big change. Are you missing it? Are you missing the radio? And I'm like, it's the same job. This is literally the same job that I was doing before because I was very involved in the marketing of what was going on with the radio station. So um, the only difference is that I'm not standing in a room from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. every day, you know, talking to people in their cars. Um, But we, another part of the business is that we have uh, this podcast company, this podcast network, 707 Media, um, where we're making our own podcast too. So I will eventually be hosting my own shows again. So I kind of still get to be on a microphone and people can listen to that on their phone, which is connected to their car. So I'm on their car again. So it's sort of like Full circle. it ends up being very, very similar. And uh, so, so yeah, so that was, that's the job. And you get to control the confinements of where the conversation goes. I'm sure a bit more too, right? Like uh, if you're controlling the whole production and set of what, what is being produced. Right. And maybe that's, not saying that you didn't like what was talked about at Froggy or maybe they put you in boxes or anything, but maybe that's just another pro to being off on this new venture too. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, more autonomy and more decision-making and, but you know, new levels, new devils mm-hmm. and you're dealing with stuff that, you know, you didn't, there's a, a the, um, there's a great phrase out there, the unknown unknown, Right. I believe it was the Secretary of Defense, Donald Rumsfeld, talking about the Iraq War. Go ahead and look it up. That's way too granular and way too detailed. But basically, like, there are knowns. There there are knowns. There are unknown knowns. And then there are unknown unknowns. Right? So, like, there's things that you know. There's things that you know you don't know. And then there's things that you don't know that you don't know. Right? And so, when you start moving into a new space, you'll be like, this is easy. Right? Like, oh, this will be great. Well, there's a pothole you didn't know about, <laughs> the you know, unknown unknowns. right? The yeah. unknown unknowns. So, uh, man, you knew I was going to drop Donald Rumsfeld, right? You yeah, knew you I, were ready for that. Yeah. Like I, that we got third eye blind. We got love line and we got Donald Rumsfeld, right? We're educating you boys today. We're happy to be educating you. some names <laughs> for you. Knowledge and we're hungry but for that. That's, that's real. And, then, and you, you as a business owner, you know that, right? Like, give me, can you give me an example of something that you didn't know you didn't know and you stumbled upon it in business and you're like, oh. Podcasting, the first podcast we ever shot, we didn't know that all these cameras have a 30-minute time limit and we need to... Boom. Yep. <laughs> right there. Like, so that, what the what? Honestly, that like... List is endless. Real talk for entrepreneurs, you're going to discover those... I mean, be prepared for every single day mm-hmm. uh, and, and just be okay with like... You learn through failures, right? And that that's all it is. It's a win or learn situation. So if we mess up the podcast once and... Ooh, I love that. We we, uh, we mess it up with a guest, worst case scenario, right? Uh, then we're certainly not going to... It could break you, right? But we're certainly not going to mess it up the second time. Like Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team, right? And could have decided at that moment, I'm never going to play basketball again or I'm going to come back with vengeance to be the greatest person to ever play. Yeah. Same with Kobe making air balls his very first game. Same with Tom Brady being the 199th draft pick. So those sort of unknown unknowns that beat you up a little bit, they're right. really good for you. They put a chip on the shoulder if you think in that perspective. Um, Where did you get win or learn from? Conor McGregor. Yeah. Yep. Um, Stud. Yeah, if you want to, if you guys, if you want to get jacked up, just listen to Conor McGregor motivation on YouTube, and that'll get you. That'll get your brain fired up. But uh, who are your motivational guys or gals? I'll start with Arrow. Who do you like? And it can be anybody. It doesn't have to be the standard. We got good thing we got Donald Rumsfeld up on the screen. By the way, he's <laughs> passed away. He has passed away. R.I.P. Donald Rumsfeld. 
uh, who, who, who that's a good into? question. I want I want those guys to start because yeah. I gotta think on it because they Me first. Yeah, give me one or two. I mean, it doesn't have to be your official list. My parents, number one. Um, I won't oh, go deep God. on why, but I know I got everybody say their parents. <laughs> I, my I mom am, and dad. I, I am very lucky for the parents I was born with, but that's that's different. Uh, number two, um, and I try not to. I think anyone with any success or influence in the world, right, understands their own unique voice and and marching to the drum of their own beat, right. So I try to learn from these people, but always remember to be myself in the first place. But like. Joe, Joe Rogan, I learned a ton from and just yeah. his, uh, his overall open-mindedness, I think is very, uh, anyone could, can learn from him and, and that sense. Right. And then, uh, Steve jobs, um, very crazy in a lot of senses, but right. genius in a lot of different ways. Right. Um, those two lately are who I've been, I feel like thinking about a lot, but sure. I feel like, uh, we're all information junkies, right? Whether it's through podcast books, vlogs, whatever, we're all constantly learning. So I feel like I go in little phases with like who I'm learning or for like a month or two at a time. You fall in love. You pretty much, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm just like this person in this way, right? But then Damn. I finish their book and I'm on to... I wish I could write like David Sedaris, man. Right. Oh, man. Right, right. But uh, yeah, what about you guys? Sorry. Is it Goggins? Goggins. Go. Goggins. Somebody had to say it. Goggins, say yeah. It. Goggins for the fitness side, for sure. And then you already hit Joe Hogan, so... I like Grand Cardone. I like listening to him. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's see. For me, um, my radio heroes are Adam Carolla, who I already mentioned. Jim Rome. Man, you guys know Jim Rome? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Rome is... Jim Rome is... One of the best motivational speakers of all time. A force, dude. I get a lot listening to him. He was a big inspiration for my radio career. Um... He's huge. Uh, Dave Ramsey's another radio guy that I I've really read a enjoy. Of his books. He's <laughs> yeah. Some stuff that I'm like, mm. <laughs> you look at the whole resume, you go, oh, I don't know about that. But um, uh, he has some other stuff that's just life changing. But um, Jamie Fox is freaking amazing. Isn't he the most talented guy on the planet? Wow, Maybe. dude. And I and I and I got into him through his stand up when I was at Cal Poly. We had the DVDs. Oh wow! You know, and we'd be in the dorm room, and somebody was like, "We're gonna put on a Jamie Fox DVD." And I'm like, "For what? For of what?" And I might need security. This is amazing, and it's like killer, killer comedy special. And then he comes out and plays piano at the end. Is this like encore? By the way, like, and it's this amazing, hilarious piano performance. So. And then I and then we watched any given Sunday and he's an amazing uh, uh, actor and he wins an Oscar for for Ray so and then he can host a game show it was the Shazam show so I was like anything else James impersonations <laughs> he recorded like some yeah. number one on the chart he's songs had hit songs point. yeah so uh, he's literally one of the most talented uh, dudes uh, in the world yeah however that song goes something like that. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a big one for me, oh, man. What's another wild, what's another curveball person that fires me up? That sparked Mike Tyson for me. Mike Tyson. He is a very, he's probably the most spiritual being on this planet. You listen to his podcast. I've not. No, be, it's surprising how insightful and spiritually enlightened he is just with like, it's cause people. he had everything. I feel like he was the youngest UFC champion in the world. Mm-hmm. Boxing hundreds or yeah. Boxing champion in the world. Hundreds of millions of dollars, lost it all, and then is building himself back up. Right. So just going through that, and then he's also heavy, heavy on the psychedelics. 
So he, I don't know what All right. he's connecting to. It's crazy. It's interesting. But yeah, I like him for the spiritual side. Speaking of crazy motivational people, you run ultra marathons too. What's, I have, yes. What, what's the scoop on those? How do you how do you build your calves up for that? <clears throat> um so I'm Scottish. Uh, that's like my most predominant uh of my family like history. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know if you know a lot about Scotland, but um they got their ass kicked by England for a very long time, like a very long time. And they're still there. They're still there and they're still like maybe going to get independence someday. Right. That's like the 10,000 foot view of the story. So I take that to mean kind of like I have this like unkillable thing. I can definitely be defeated. Like I can, I've definitely like fallen flat on my face in many aspects of life. I've never been fully stopped. Mm. And so I, I ran track in uh junior high and when I played sports, my legs were always like my greatest asset. So like I was a center fielder for the Costa baseball team for the freshman team. Um, and uh, in basketball, I'd run super fast, you know, to get down the court, even though I couldn't shoot very well. And uh, so I was always kind of a runner anyways. And then like I got away from sports and I would, but I would still like run every once in a while, just go run. And then my neighbor um, is a marathon runner. And, uh, so I moved, I had moved to a new neighborhood in Petaluma and this is my, my neighbor like saw me go for like a, you know, three mile run. He's like, he's like, what's up? You run? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess he's like, let's go. And I was like, I, I don't run with people. I don't wear a watch. You know, I don't, I don't keep track of this. I don't have water. I just, I just go do like a, a little thing. He's like, nope, you're getting into this. <laughs> And so, uh, my neighbor, Dave, uh, who is, uh, um, he's a trainer. Uh, he's the physical, she's the PT instructor at the police Academy up in Santa Rosa. Um, he started getting me into this, this world of distance running. And he's like, let's, let's the, the first time, the first thing that happened was cause he was always like, cause we run a little bit locally. And then he'd be like, we live on the East side of Petaluma. He'd be like, come out with me. We're going to go run the double dipsy. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is, dude. The double dipsy. Yeah. We usually it's a quad dipsy, but we're just going to do the double dipsy. It's down in Marin. I was like, get, go away. I got stuff. To, I got to clean my house this weekend, dude. Um, but one day he was like, Hey, we're going to run up Sonoma mountain. And I was like, no, he goes, it's seven miles. I can do seven miles. I, I can do so. Oh, fine. You know what? You know what, guy? Let's go. So we go and do it, right? And so we're running up Sonoma Mountain, and I get to the top, and I'm destroyed, and I'm just like dizzy, and I'm like, that was only three miles. He goes, no, that was seven miles. I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, seven miles up, and then seven miles back. <laughs> so it was a fourteen miler. Up and down Sonoma Mountain, which is like 3,000 feet of climbing, right? And just my legs were just solid concrete that night. It was just unmovable, right? But unkillable, I bounced back the next day, right? And I was kind of like, okay. This is what I could do now. Okay, what else, right? What else? So let's go run the Marin Headlands, okay? Let's go run Anadel, okay? Let's go do the double dipsy let's you know let's which is an amazing trail down in mill valley um 
And it kind of built on itself. And before we know it, I was doing 14, 18, 20. I did 26, but I bonked. If you don't know what bonking is in the distance world, that means that you um, basically you didn't fuel enough and you don't have enough water and you basically start getting woozy. Right so I tried, to do a, I tried to do a straight up marathon uh, on a 93 degree day and just hadn't fueled enough and I bonked. So I did finish, but I about passed out. And um, then I got the idea I wanted to do 37 miles on my 37th birthday. So technically that's an ultra. Anything over 26 miles is an ultra marathon. Um, typically in a race, that's going to be like a 60 K or a 50 mile or a hundred miler or a hundred K. But, but anything over, anything over uh, 26 miles is an ultra marathon. So it's a lot of fucking running. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, what about you? You guys run? And Polo, yeah, I know you run. The most I've ever ran is 15 miles only. Mm. And uh, how'd you feel after that? Incredible. And honestly, I would have kept running farther. So the day I ran was my dad's birthday. And um, I went for a run and I was supposed to just go for like a 6K run. And then I was like, we were, I was in Santa Rosa and uh, he his birthday lunch was in Spaspool, which is a town about 30 minutes away for anyone who's listening and doesn't know. Um, or not 30, about a long run, not 30 minutes driving though. And uh, I decided just to run there and meet them there. From here? From Santa Rosa, like Olivet River Road area, um, and I ran to Sebastopol. Yeah, and I ran about like six, seven. So you're miles. gonna show up for lunch, dripping wet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I called my brother. What a guy! I called my brother <laughs> and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna run to lunch. Um, will you pick me up a shirt?" And I was like, "I'm sure you'll." I was like, "I'm sure you'll like understand. I'm gonna break. Stop. I'm gonna break a record Stop. right now." And uh, he was like, uh, "Okay." So he brought me a shirt, and then. Um, if I didn't have to meet them at lunch, I know I could have, like I was in that mental state mm-hmm. of wanting to keep going, but I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I got to go meet them. Yeah. Um, but for me, similarly to your friend kind of pulling you along and saying like you, you could do this and then tricking you into running 14 miles instead yeah. of seven. Yeah. And then you realizing like kind of what's next. I could do more. I was, uh, out of sh- pretty out of shape in high school, honestly, and, um, found weights and running first. And I would just, go on a mile run and run as long as I could and walk and run as long as I could mm-hmm. and walk. And then that led to me being able to run a mile. And then after that, I was like, I wonder if I could do two miles. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, I wonder if I could run for an hour for just as far as I can. And then I was like, I wonder if I could go run Taylor mountain, which is the most vertical mountain in California. Yeah. That's two and a half miles, like straight uphill. And, no, thanks. Uh, it just kept compounding. Even I don't like to run that one. <laughs> I, I like, I don't like it, but I like it. Uh, from what I gained from it. Um, but yeah, same way. It just sort of compounded time after time again. And I do like, uh, you know, Cameron Haynes, the ultra marathonist, like world's best, most renowned bow hunter right now in the world. No, you should check him out. You, you okay. get to him too. Okay. Um, I know a few other ultras runners, but not that one. He got me his book for, um, my birthday and on August 1st. And, uh, I read it in about a week and, you know, it was all about big game hunting with bows and, running 150 mile ultra marathons in death valley right and uh, yeah when i read that, that bad water bad water yeah. yes, yes and uh when i read that i was literally telling him and brad um i'm gonna run there's no way i could like not think about trying to do this now right. so now every time i run it's just i'm doing a little bit more and a right. little bit more and uh yeah building towards that and but eventually we should do like uh i know he's in too but we should do like a group like 
challenge to hold ourselves accountable to. I'm ready, to, dude. You're more ready than us, but we'll get ready. You'll get ready. <laughs> yeah, I think you I, in. I think I think dude, from, I haven't ran distance ever, ever. I play basketball. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm I could do the I I have endurance as far as that, but I can't even imagine like two miles. That sounds daunting. Extremely, <laughs> <laughs> like extremely daunting. <laughs> even a mile. <laughs> I get you. I I actually get you. There's there's seriously seriously no judgment because. Um, First off, I'm super lazy right now. I'm off right now. I'm sort of focused on my family right now, my house. So I'm not in my best shape. Um, but even at my my best shape, um, there's just always somebody so much better than you. You know, like you'll feel really good about yourself. Like I did a because um, I like to do speed sometimes too. And I, uh, my buddy Dan Enchetta and I, my boss, my boss, um, we saw a Top Gun two, and I was like jacked up that night, and I was like. Let's go. And I just like, I went out and I was like at like 10 PM on the streets of Petaluma. I was like, I'm going to PR personal record. My, um, I run my best time for my 10 K screw it. And I ran, I don't know what the actual time is, but the pace was a seven minute, 18 mile for a 10 K, which is for me, my best and is a good time, uh, for, for, uh, for our local hack. Um, and then you go and look like you just Google like what's a good time for a 10k and you're like oh it's like oh 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 it's a four minute fifty uh, <laughs> pace you know whatever it is you know so um, if you if if two miles sounds you know short for you don't like cool like it's just you know do I, any, I could do it compete with I'm yourself have, yeah. yesterday not anyone else yeah. today I just you, never tried I, I like like it's it's not that I don't think I could do it it's just like the idea of running ten miles. I don't know how to like gauge that because I've never really done it. But, I guess it's just like, bro, you could sounds insane. You could play five pickup games of basketball in a row, yeah, and you could run five miles. Okay, it's just it's just finding your pace and cruising with it and being mentally, I think, content with with what you're doing. Yeah, there's that thing you know they call it the runner's high or they call it the zone and they call it your flow state or whatever they want to call it. Where it and it really happens on trail runs. Trail runs are totally different than track track and street are you know just the most boring you know work like workman like um running when you're out on the trail i'm a big nfl guy i know you like the niners right mm -hmm. charger guy charger weirdo chiefs chiefs we got a good mix here yeah, yeah. We, got a, we got a we got a good mix of the nfc and afc west out here um, does anyone remember Brian Dawkins? Yes, remember that guy, yeah, yeah, hard hitter. Yeah, yeah he's a, he was a safety Savage. on the Eagles yeah. and on the uh, Broncos, and uh, a guy who kind of like wasn't supposed to make it, and like, but the dude, there's just this visual I have of him. He's he's jacked and he's got the visor right, and he's got his like arm cuffs on right, and he's just like patrolling out there, and he makes like a killer play, and he's just kind of strutting, you know, like like. You you get that same kind of vibe when you're out on the trail. You're just like you just you you're almost floating. You feel like you can just just go and do anything. That is what you're seeking. You're not actually seeking like to do a specific distance. You're seeking like that state to be just completely like in control. You can feel your own power. You can feel like you're accomplishing something. You know you're doing something for your body. You're just you're flying. You're literally flying. It may not even be that fast, but just so I, like I think about I think about him and I think about like you know superheroes and I think about like all these people who kind of inspire me. 
and uh and and that i that I draw on that when I run so to answer your earlier question on my on my birthday, I got together with my good friend John Busick. Uh, he owns a painting company, Bob Kunst Painting, and uh, he is also uh, an ultramarathon runner. He ran a hundred miles on his own during COVID uh, in the Marin Headlands. He ran his own hundred miler, and uh, he was the only guy I knew that would run thirty-seven miles with me. <laughs> and so we went out to Bear Valley, which is an incredible incredible and probably my favorite set of trails uh in the north bay and on my 37th birthday we had 37 miles and by the time we got to 37 i could have just kept going i mean just like what i was talking about that that Mm -hmm. flying flow state and you just time just gets stretched out and you're just like where where are we running to next like let's go (laughs) you know so um it's an interesting experience it's not something i thought i was going to find um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's it a found hu- you. It's a, and it's a huge time commitment. Huge time commitment. I mean, half a day of running. Did that take? That took six hours. Six. And it was seven thousand feet of climbing and driving, getting ready. You got after recovering. Forty five minutes out there, dude. Yeah. yeah. So that that one was the whole day. Yeah. But even just like your weekend, you know, fifteen minimum three hours. Right. Minimum. It's a good way to disconnect though, too, for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh, and yeah. it's you just you just totally you just so the way that I use it for my workouts is I'll do I'll try to do during the week you know weights or cardio or whatever it is um, and then because I could I could run every day but I don't have three hours every day mm-hmm. so the big trail run is usually on Saturday. Nice, that's badass, man. That's really badass stuff. I tried to do the Goggins four miles every four hours for forty eight hours. I wow. Did. Yeah. That was one of the hardest things. What does that end up being total? 48, right? Four by four? Four divided by 24 times two. Four. 16 miles a day times four days, right? Two. 48 hours. What's 24 divided by four? Man, you got me. (laughs) 12. It's 12. They were able to pull up Donald Rumsfeld, but not do the math for us. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. 12, four miles. (laughs) 12, 24, 36, 48 miles in 48 hours. Did you do it? No. Came up short, but I was hoping that you said you did it and would give me some inspiration. No, no. You just got to finish it. I know. I like Goggins. I haven't, I don't, haven't actually tried to do what he's done. Dude, that guy's insane. Me and Polo went swimming at 24 for a workout the other day, and he does this thing where he still does it. It was Navy SEAL training where they tie. um, Oh, I saw the video. He tied his hands, he jumps in the pool. Yeah, we tried to do that. I was literally just drinking water. I was like, how do you do that? What the? But yeah, there's levels. Well, you tie your hands, throw yourself in the pool, and try to swim with your hands. Just so your, your body back. is one one deal. No, like yeah, a worm no. almost. No, it's doable. I'm good. No. I don't want to try it either, but it's, <laughs> I'm good. You never know when danger's gonna find you. I'm good. Dana, I'm good. where can the people find you? Where they where can they find your company, your podcast network? Um, plug sure. yourself in so they could they could follow, subscribe to everything you're doing and whatnot. Sure, I'm Radio Dano. Which I really got to work on that new handle because I'm really not Radio Dano Podcast anymore. Podcast Network or Dano? Yeah, Dano Weir. I don't know. It's I, I haven't I haven't solved that riddle yet. Maybe just Dano. I'm just sure. You want to buy that for me? <laughs> uh, somebody's already got it. Um, we we relate to that. Yeah, man. Fours Media underscore. Yeah, the squatters, dude. Freaking <laughs> squatters. Oh. Um. 
Uh, Radio Dano on Instagram. I use my Instagram pretty regularly. Sequence Mortgage, um, you can find on Instagram. It's just at Sequence Mortgage, at 707 Media Official. Um, so I'm big on Instagram. It's pretty straightforward. I like it. Um, we haven't made haven't made it to TikTok yet. I haven't, I sh- and I need to, but I just haven't. It's a different world. The home loan industry is waiting for a sexy TikTok. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's I, you know we haven't touched it yet. The market so I, needs I gotta it. figure it out. But um, yeah, I'd say on Instagram we're also sequencemortgage.com, and uh, my cell phone is seven zero seven. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. Right on, man. Well, this cool. was awesome. Um, Thank you so much for coming and going in depth with everything, man. I think we we got a lot of good stuff here that the people are going to enjoy. So, well, I just want to say it's an, an an honor. I've never been asked to be a podcast guest. I've always been a podcast host, a radio host. Oh, dude, it's so cool for us because we all grew up listening to you. It's like a it's a full legend, circle bro. moment. Um, wow, for sure. Wow, I think that means I'm old. <laughs> we're young. We're we're all young. Uh, thanks, man. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it and. Uh, Forest Media, way to go, dude. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dano. Thank you, brother. Right on. Thank you, guys. Spitballers.